Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 187 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast for Too Much Talking Your Pets is Barely Enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Hendon and I'm joined by your uh, your candidate for the uh, for the, uh, the the people's the people's veterinarian party. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. Good, mate. Look, I've I've just you're right. You just caught me. I've just just uh, just come back from the the uh, the booths, the polling the campaign booths. trail. Yep, yep. I've I've tackled five children. Awesome. Um, yeah, Bowled them over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Just just created a meme for myself for the rest of my life. Just tackled five unsuspecting kids in the queue. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and did. Yeah, for, for anyone that's not not in Australia or hasn't seen our um our, our salubrious leader, um, you know, our Prime Minister Scott Morrison, um, on the campaign trail last week down in Tasmania playing soccer, absolutely poleaxed a kid. Some poor nine-year-old just get absolutely smashed by Scotty for marketing. And um, then did you see the interview that they made the kid do afterwards? Oh, where, no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that the um that the party's um uh, media arm were in there and said oh now look what we want you to do is to say oh um uh, yeah i'm paraphrasing here but i think he thought that he was going to knock me over so he tried to land under me rather than over the top of me to try and protect me i think it should have been a foul <laughs> oh, so, yeah yeah no no i think it, i think scotty's just turned around and just uh just laid into the kid I mean, at least he didn't lift an elbow up or something like that well, that would have been that would have been much harder to try i was impressed and- I was, he's obviously you know watches a bit of the footy because i was impressed in you know when you when you do a tackle from behind it's going to be in the back tackle you sort of try and roll them well he sort of landed heavily on the child and several seconds later then rolled over like oh Oh, I protected him. I protected yeah. him. Oh, well, he's a rugby league man. So he probably was expecting oh, the kid yes. to just sort of jump up and then try and pass the ball from between his legs. So yeah, yeah he probably, yeah, just, just that cross coast. That's a, I don't, I don't, I don't kick a ball, mate. I don't hold a hose. I don't kick a ball. You know, he just, just, just tackles the kids. That's fine. Yeah. yeah that'd be good that the, uh, that and uh, when John Howard did the bowl, the, the ball, the bowl, the ball that, that bounced seven times before it got to the bowl. <laughs> went, went backwards. Yeah. 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 Australia, Australian cricket's greatest, uh, greatest fan. Can't Exponent. even roll the arm over. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. That can't, uh, can't was... even landed in the right half of the oval. Very good. Anyway, man, back to more important things. Uh, last week, Matt, how'd you, how'd your little run go? Oh, the, the, my little run, my little yeah, run. Yeah, your was, little um, run, yeah. It, it, it yeah, actually turned run. out that it was a, a, lot, a lot longer run than what oh. I was expecting, Lewis. Oh, yeah, right. I, we um so uh, did the uh, the, the Great Ocean Road Marathon. Um, so not even just the normal forty-two kilometer marathon; it was forty-four kilometers um, from Lawn to Apollo Bay. Um, and when the because you start in start in Lawn, so they bus you out from Apollo Bay. And at the halfway mark, where the where the half marathon starts in Kennet River, so we're, we're in the bus. Bus is absolutely chockers with people. Full we get COVID. to the what's that? Full of COVID in the bus. Oh well, I was wearing my mask. I was, oh, I, was I was being, oh, I was being, being yep. smart because yep. you know I thought every time I've run a marathon, I've got sick afterwards. So I thought, no, I need to try and do the right thing. 
was, um, I was sort of worried that the sweaty people in the bus and that sort of thing. He wasn't concerned about any of the 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 new desert, the new pox that's around, mate. To just all those oh, sweaty runners sort pox. Of bodies. What is what's it called? That run, new... run, runners pox. And there's one in the news. What was it? I forget. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. No, hard to hard, hard to remember. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to research that one up for next week. Um, so we get to get to Kennet River and um and they open up for all the people doing the half marathon. The bus empties and there's literally four people left on the oh. bus. Um, oh. or no, five five people. So there's me and my mate that were doing the marathon. Two and young guys. Steve Monaghetti, Steve Monaghetti, and uh, and Rob De Costello. Rob De Costello. <laughs> oh, um, hang on. Well, well, I, I, the thing is, Steve Monaghetti's got the right idea. He only does a half marathons now. He says, yeah, there's no point in running full marathon. Oh, wow. age. So that, well, that's oh, okay. a that's a very good He's point. Smart. He's smart. He'd be yeah. forty-four. Um, the two two guys next to us, they were doing the ultra marathon, so they were doing sixty kilometers. And there's one guy behind us who said, "Oh, which distance are you doing?" He said, "You guys are nuts. I'm doing the fourteen k's. I'm just running up in the rainforest up there." Okay, Rob, we'll get <laughs> good on you. So that was a bit of an indication of the mistake that we'd made early on, Lewis. But um, yeah. So not only was it uh, was it the forty four k's. Once we got into Apollo Bay, and my watch is vibrating at me saying, "Right, you've done the forty four k's." I still couldn't see the uh, still couldn't see the finish line. Oh, Turned no. out that was forty four point eight. So. Um, so I, I had, I had my phone in my hand because Christina and the kids couldn't come because the kids had a cough. So I'm running down the main street of Apollo Bay, FaceTiming them saying, I'm about to finish. Come on, you know, you know, cheer me on. And, um, and then Ruben just gone, Oh dad, guess what happened to my footy game? I got, mate, I don't care about your footy game. It just, you know, just, just cheer me on for the last 500 meters. I'm about to finish the marathon. But because I'm running down the street and I've got my headphones in and I'm talking in there, all the people lining the street yeah, didn't know I was you're talking. Nuts. You're so nuts, they mate. thought I was talking to them. So I got, oh, okay, yeah, go, Robbie, go, Robbie. Like, oh, oh, hang on, I wasn't. Oh, all right, well, there you go. If you guys are going to cheer me on, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it off. So, um, yeah, it was it was long, Lewis, and hard. You know, it yeah, right. Got, it turned it, it turned out I got very very sore legs. Yeah, right. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, bit of chafing, mate, at all, or just, just no chafing? No, 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 no. Chafing. Now yeah, I'm. Pox no, I'm all I'm, right. I've, I've worked. I've worked. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Those... Pustular lesions on my hands or anything like that from a <laughs> a, a a monkey or chicken nature from, at all. From so, the bus ride. From the bus yeah, ride. No, 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 no. Right. I, think, I think the bus was sanitized. So right. Um, Very speak, good. Speaking of um, speaking of uh, you know, infectious diseases, um, I saw a, a a little kitty cat the other day that came in, and the owner um, very concerned with it, Lewis. She was she was worried that there was something really bad happening with her cat because it was, you know, acting a bit strangely and wasn't eating very well. And I said, oh, okay, right. So you know, we'll check it out. It, it, cat checked out okay. I mean, she's eating, but just not very well all the main cardinal signs all seem to be okay. I said, what's she been doing over the last few weeks? Go, oh, well, a few weeks ago, she actually was, you know, acting really strangely. She was sort of making all these weird sort of meowing mm. noises and things like that. And, you know, she just seemed like she was really out of sorts. And I had a look on the computer and I realized that, uh, oh, she hasn't been de-sexed yet. Oh, no, no, no. She hasn't been de-sexed. Oh, does, does she go outside at all? Oh, oh yeah, no, she does go outside. Oh, okay, right. I said, well, look, I've got a feeling that your cat might be mildly pregnant. Mildly. My, she goes, what, what do you mean by mildly pregnant? I said, well, you know, I don't think she's sort of, you know, so as severely pregnant for me to be able to palpate and feel it at the moment. I've got a feeling that she might have, when she was making all the noise a few weeks ago, I think she might have gone out and managed to find herself a boyfriend. And at the moment, she might just be mildly pregnant. So what I would suggest is you come back in a few weeks so then we can tell whether or not she's then be gone from mildly pregnant to moderately pregnant. And then, and then from there, if she's moderately pregnant, then we can expect her to be severely pregnant then for the next three weeks. 
correct. So, right. so, so I've, it, I've, I've never I've never diagnosed a mildly pregnant cat before. Is that like the the rat test, mate? When you got the faint line, you've just mildly got COVID. That's right. Or, yes. Or you do the pregnancy test. Well, it's just a faint line, so you're mildly pregnant. Is that it? That's pretty sure it's a it's a binary thing, mate. It's like zero or one, zero or one. You know. Well, it is, but it's you know, how do you how do you try and you know, be a little bit more sort of thoughtful in the in the passing of the news, Lewis? You know, rather than saying, "Hey, mm. guess what? You catch me." I'm just trying to just sort of butter it up a little bit because yeah, I mean, right. Christina was only Christina was only mildly pregnant with our two kids. They were both very faint little lines. So, wow. um, so, so, but, you know, they're stories. Yeah. But they're, then, you know, they're still running around now. Turned out she, she ended up getting severely pregnant. So right. Yeah. Very good. Oh, well, so anyway, similar sort of things in, in abdomen and stuff. We had a cat this week that, um, uh, came in, had some urinary issues going on. Um, no, actually the owner just noticed had blood in its urine. Um, and normally a female cat, um, yeah. uh, normally when a cat's, you know, got a bit of blood in the urine, we're like, oh, you know, uh, are they, um, um, are they, uh, going yeah, out of the urinate, Yeah. Yeah. Jumping yeah in going out, out, licking going the out of the, yeah, exactly. And it wasn't doing any of that, which is really weird. Right. You know? So the owner's sort of been talking to one of the other vets and then she was away for the day. And so I got her and the urine sample just, she sent a urine sample and it just had some blood in it. I was like, oh, that's a little bit weird. Just, just blood, you know. There's it doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, any bacteria, but there, there's no none of this straining stuff. And mm. I said, oh, perhaps you know, better get the cat in and and uh, and have some X-rays, have a bit of a look at it, maybe do a sample, put a needle into the bladder, mm. you know, send for culture, something like that. Yeah. And it came in and um, did an X-ray and actually had a couple of stones in its bladder. Oh, which were they I smooth stones or rocky stones? Well, pretty like smooth. sharp ones. Yeah, hard, yeah, it's hard to tell really, but um, but interesting. That um, I, don't, I can't remember the last cat I actually x-rayed and had some stones in its bladder. I don't know about you. It's not something we commonly see in dogs. We see it a bit more commonly. And yeah. um, and then it wasn't me who took the x-rays. But anyway, we sent the cat away on a diet to try and, you know, hopefully dissolve the stones. And unfortunately, they rang back on oh, a few days later and said, oh, the cat's actually now not going to the toilet at all. Mm, yeah, like, right. Oh, gosh, that's a worry. You know, worry about male cats getting blocked. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it turned out yeah probably one of the stones that actually got stuck in in the urethra. So it came in that came in that day. I drained some fluid off it, and I said, "Oh, look, best to go off and um, have some surgery to get those stones out." I think we we were we were sort of too busy to well not we're too busy but too fully booked to take it on, and she wanted yeah, to see yeah. a specialist anyway. So, but yeah. interesting. I don't know how, how often you've seen that mate with stones in the bladder of of cats, particularly. Well, it's a, it's a, um, not all that often, um, mm. but occasionally, like we've had a, we've had a couple of, um, I think I've done two in the last few years of cystonomies, which is going in and doing surgery yeah. to remove stones from, yeah. um, from cat's bladders. But, um, similar, similar thing to what, to what you saw, um, we had one, a, a really interesting one the other week, a, um, a, a poor old kitty cat who, um, have you ever heard of, um, big kidney, little kidney syndrome? Oh yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so yes. big kidney, little kidney syndrome. So, um, uh, cat came in, um, and he wasn't, um, what wasn't doing great, you know, like he was, he was not eating well and seemed a little bit funny. And so had a feel of him and, um, and he had one kidney that was really big and one yep. kidney that felt really, really small. Yeah. 
And so I said, right, we better ultrasound this, this cat, guys, and see what's going on. And so we ultrasounded him, and turns out what was happening was the big kidney. So what happens with big kidney, little kidney syndrome is that the uh, often these cats have got stones up in their kidneys, and a little bit of that stone breaks off and then blocks the ureter, which is the mm. tube that runs from the kidney to the bladder. And so that's what was happening with this cat. So he had a, um, a stone, um, or he had stones in his kidneys, but then he had this big dilated ureter that was running down into the bladder. And I could actually see the stone sitting in the, um, in the ureter right down at the level of the bladder. Wow. Yeah. Now, the big problem with this poor cat was that his other kidney, not just being a small kidney, it was a really small kidney. It was an abnormally small kidney. So his kidney, is a, it was his left kidney that was big and his right kidney was really, really tiny. And so I had real concerns with this cat saying, oh, gee, was yeah, because sometimes what you can do with these cats is actually go in and like if one kidney's problematic and the other kidney's okay, you can go in there and remove the entire one kidney that's causing the problem. But the fact that his other kidney was bad, I thought, oh, look, this isn't, this isn't great. You know? So there is a surgery that you can do where you can go and get what's called a, um, a sub put in a, um, a subcutaneous uh, urethral um, stent. And so, stent, yeah. yeah. And so what they do is they, um, they put a, a, a little tube into the, the kidney and then it runs under the skin and then into the bladder. And so it basically bypasses where that stone is, but they're really expensive and they're a pain in the butt to maintain and all that mm. sort of stuff. So the owner said, Oh, look, I don't really think I want to, cause he's an old cat. I don't know if I really want to put him through that. I said, look, that's fine. I said, the other option is we can, we can run some bloods. Um, we can put him on a drip and see, cause I've had a couple of cats that have had yeah. these blockages that have actually blown it into the, into the bladder. And so I go, oh, okay, right. Yo, we'll, we'll give that a shot. So this is a Friday night. These things always happen on Fridays. Yes. And so um, on the Saturday morning, um, uh, Sean uh, rang me up and he said, oh, oh, send us a message. And he said, oh, look, the cats, I, I think the, the stone's still in the, <clears throat> still in the ureter because I've ultrasounded it and the kidney's still big. Um, you know, the bloods looked at, looked as what you would expect for a cat with a blocked kidney. Um, so kept it going on the drip, but then at about 12 o'clock, suddenly the cat's bladder just got really, really, really big. Right. And so what's happened is the fluids did what we hoped it to do. It actually blew the stone from the ureter into the bladder. Suddenly then he's gone. Now I've got all this urine I need to try and get. But he's also then had a stone sitting in his bladder. So then the stone's gone and blocked his ureter. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, so, hey, how about so, that? So I was like, oh, Ooh. bugger it, bugger it, bugger yeah. it. So I was sort of thinking, right, well, if we can get the stone into the bladder, well, then we're a chance of being able to try and dissolve it with diets and all that sort mm. of stuff, maybe. But as long as it doesn't block. And, yeah, the bloody thing. Poor cat. He's finally gone, oh, like he's, he's mm. got the, his kidney is absolutely ready to, you know, just, just so much mm. pressure there. The stone passes, he fills up his bladder, and then suddenly he goes, oh, now I've got to do this big wee, and then blocks it. Like, blocks it again. Wow. I think with those yeah. ones, sometimes we think that the, the other kidney's been blocked or the other ureter's been blocked at some stage, and that's why the other one's small, isn't it? That Possibly, some yeah. Probably been unwell for a period, and then just that kidney's died, but because it's got a second kidney, it's gone, oh, no, I can compensate. So I so can one still becomes, work okay. One, one becomes really small, and then it only becomes a problem when... <clears throat> the second kidney becomes an issue like in your cat, but that's a mate. That's a, wow. Interesting. So cat, kitty cat, cat's yeah. still ticking along. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monty's doing all right. He's um, I took his stitches. All out names have been last, changed last week. Uh, yeah, so, 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 yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't say whether it's Monty with a Y or an E. So that way, we <laughs> yes. so, so there's a little bit of very good, know, um, little change or IE. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, you know, he's 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 doing all right. But we're just got to hope that then the other stones that are still sitting yeah. up in the kidney then don't break off and doesn't happen again. Come down. Yeah, that's gonna, that's mm. going to be the main sort of issue. So there you go. Bladder stones in cats. Wow. And, and, well, I, and kidney stones in cats. Well, I did my, um, actually did my uh, first cruise I've done in about four years during the oh, week. Hey, yeah, how'd that go? Yeah. yeah, good. I think I sent you a few texts going, oh, what do you use, mate? What's the, what's yes, the yeah. stuff? So, <laughs> but it turns out we had everything at work. I just hadn't looked. So oh, it went amazingly well. I was surprised. I uh, was sort of sweating on it a little bit, but um, yeah. but when I actually got in there, it was, it was just like riding a bike, really. Yeah. But, you know, it went really well. Um, what size dog? Oh, it's only small. It's 10 kilo, sort of uh, Jack Russell, Pomeranian yeah, cool. cross sort of thing. So yeah, nothing yeah. big, which is, you know, a good one to get back into it on. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, I was really, all the nurses was like, oh gosh, you know, he seemed to go with, go all right with that. I was like, yeah, I saw the dog a week later and it's, you know, weight bearing already. So I was like, oh, this perfect. Is great. Going well. Yeah. There you go. So, I'll, I'll send you my next one to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. Well, then, then nurses came and get, oh, yeah, uh, we've got a 40 kilo uh, rot wheel that's done as cruise. You're able to do that one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we might we might send that one on to, the, yeah. to somebody. I'll, yeah, it's got the gear for it. Yeah, the the big the biggest one that I've ever had to do was a um she was a fifty eight kilo oh, Ridgeback wow. cross um wow. had absolutely blown the cruise ship to smithereens Ooh. um and the owner couldn't afford to have the the osteotomy surgery yes and I said well you know if we were having this conversation back in you know two thousand yeah. we would have gone in and done the D'Angelo's because that's all anyone was doing so yes. If you want, we can go and do it. And we'll we try did. It. And bugger me, did she did brilliantly? Oh, that's great, so mate. Well, um, yeah. yeah. So and um and she actually um so that was that I would have done that. I reckon it probably would have been about um sort of seven or eight years ago. She only passed. Like, I mean, she's a big dog, so she only yeah. passed away a couple of months ago. She ended up with GDV, so oh, um, which is a common common complication of these big deep chested dogs. But yeah, um, yeah, no. So it was um, it's sort of you. It, it, isn't it funny how sometimes you kind of lose that little bit of um, if you don't do a procedure for a little mm. while, you kind of go, if you sort of build it up in your own head and you go, Oh, yes. will I be able to do it? Will yes. I not be able to do it? Yes. But in the end, it's still okay. You know, you yeah. know your was, principles, you know what you're doing and you just go in there and get it done. So, surprisingly simple, really surprisingly yeah. simple. Anyway, so, but it hasn't had six weeks of recovery. So I might say something different in five weeks time. But- <laughs> But I won't mention on the podcast because we only do success stories, don't we, mate? Only success stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You only publish the wins, mate. If you only publish the wins, (laughs) then everyone, you just seem seem like everything's going really great. Hey, um, and now, um, how much... How much stuff do you have to do with birds at work? You know, do you have to see see birds all that often? Or you usually try and just uh, either release them or send them off to somewhere else. Yeah, we do. We do get a bit, of, quite a bit of wildlife birds, I suppose, that come in. Yeah. We get um, we get quite, uh, quite a few seagulls. We get uh, quite a few magpies. You know, yeah, sort of right, pigeons, okay. that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Lorikeets. Um, occasionally get a penguin. Penguins. Um, oh, that's right. Penguins. Yeah, because just up the road. Yeah, penguin. Um, penguin. So penguin. So, Penguin. 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 Thank you very yeah. much. Come a batch. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, we, so, and then we do see the occasional pet ones, but we do try and anything a bit complicated, we try and send it off to the people that know what they're doing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I um, I, I always sort of say that there's only um, there's only three things I know what to treat birds with, you know, and the last one's green. So, you know, if I'm worried <laughs> that the first two aren't going to fix it, I uh, mm. I send it off to someone else. What's, um, what's the first two? A, a rotisserie? Is that yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, p- paprika and sage. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
No, oh, I, the um, dog. You put the dog on it. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, get, oh, little... If I set the puppy after it and the bird doesn't fly away, then I know it's in some real trouble. <laughs> it's really so, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so we've started, um, yeah, we're, Camille's in grade five, so we started having to do some school school tours and try and work out, you know, where we're going to where we're gonna send her for high school. Yeah. Um, and we were at one um, a couple of, oh, last week and um, we're there in the auditorium, we're ready to start. And um, yeah, we were kids. Oh, wait, you want to make a good impression, Lewis? So we were there early, um, and uh, we've walked into the into the auditorium inside of the uh, just in the little entrance way. And there's a bird that's flapping around inside oh. the like it had flown in and it couldn't get out through the window because it was a dumb bird, so it couldn't work out that yeah, if it turned right, it could get out through the door. It was trying to get out through the window, and um, the uh, the the people that were there go, oh, we'll, we'll get the grain, the grounds maintenance person. He'll be able to come. We're just going to, we're just going to go and find Barry. Barry's really good at this uh, stuff. Uh, I said, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, principal, just uh, any vets uh, in the, uh, in the audience that could assist at all, or we get Barry, Barry from down, down in, uh, down in maintenance to come in. Uh, just a uh, call out there. Two, 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 two. So, so that's basically what was happening. So I've walked in, I've walked in and here's the bird flopping around and the, you know, the people are all sort of getting a little bit upset. Oh, what are we going to do? I said, look, don't. Uh, so, so I've just walked in, I've walked up to the front desk where they've got the, um, the, the little brochures for the, um, for the school. And I said, look, can I borrow this box for a sec? So I handed them the brochures. I grabbed the box, went up there, just used the box to corral the bird oh. into the box, folded it over, went out, released it, off flew the bird off into the trees. And they go, oh, oh, thank you very much for that. Well done. You know, how did you know how to do that? And Christina and Camille said, they're just going, God, why do you have to do it everywhere you go? Why do you, you know? And then, and then the uh, the the principal, the financial CFO from the schools come and gone. Now, would your daughter like a, a half or a full scholarship? <laughs> well, it, look, there's it, if ever you're going to try and 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 try and sort of big note yourself, trying to do it at yes, the at, at that good time. It's, it's not the worst time to do it. I got to no. tell you, but um, do- unfortunately, the, the um the the admissions officer wasn't there at the time, so hopefully uh. the story has been passed on. Yeah, and uh, to stop people from laughing at you wearing your scrubs and hat and uh, and mask, I suppose, the surgical <laughs> hat and mask to the to the school presentation, mate. You know the full. It's, <laughs> it's then when you walk in with the gloves as well. Yeah, like, you know, that's that's yeah. the thing that makes it even worse that you've just walked out of surgery. Is gone. Why are you still wearing the surgery gloves? Oh, especially just, especially what, when these those, old things. Especially when those gloves are up to your up to your shoulder, mate. Like you've just come in from the cows. That's uh, yes. <laughs> Could have taken those off with, a, with the, the smear bird. still up on the back of your arm <laughs> yeah. that you get that you never realise is there until you go on to get by your dinner. Yeah, yeah. very, very good, mate. Oh, fantastic. Good on you. Oh, so is that is that a go of that school or is it? Yeah, you nah, no, we decided about. to cut that one. Decided to cut that one. You know, uh, but they've got me on speed dial now just in case yeah. Barry can't get a bird out of the auditorium again yeah. next time. <laughs> very good, mate. <laughs> Excellent. All yeah. righty, big bear. So- would you want to? Go on to sponsors, or you got to. I more, think that's mate. a great idea. Yeah. yeah, who do who do we have to thank for bringing the fine people this absolutely wonderful quality program this week? Well, surprisingly, Zilkeen, mate. Oh, uh, Zilkeen, who would have yeah, thought it? Exactly, mild anxiety lowering uh, medication uh, comes in a capsule. We can open and sprinkle on the food. It's from Alpha Cazozapine. Yes, um, and I, I think hot tip there might be a, a another Zilkeen coming on the market, but I, I don't know anything about that. We'll just wait and see. Oh, yeah, a bit of light little, sizzle. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, if you've got a, a dog that um or a cat, 
uh, yes. of bird. Maybe maybe the bird's a little bit anxious. It's flown in the auditorium, and the man in the long long gloves and the and the scrubs and the surgical hats come and you know grabbed you and shoved you in a box and let you go. Then maybe all you wanted to do is just flap help. around. All you want to do is flap exactly. around in the entrance way, and then you were going to make your own way out until someone comes and sticks a box over your head. You're very lucky. Then you got- need some zilkine. You're very lucky you got in the first go, mate, because it would have been better if it was like a Benny Hill skit. Like, and jumps out, and then you're running around the day, and it runs up, poos on the poos on the prime minister, uh, prime minister, prime minister, on the, <laughs> prime minister on the principal, and then yeah, you're running, and you know, Christine's going, oh no, Kim's going, oh dad, dear, dad, and then you know, you're embarrassing me. Trip over and tackle one of the children that's waiting there. I did, I did say to Camille, I said, I said, do you mind if I go? and do that. She goes, no, no, go and do it. Okay, right. Off I go. I did ask permission. I didn't yeah, want to just right. sort of cavalierly yeah. jump in, you know, yeah, jump jump into the phone box and come out with my Superman cape on. Hey, before before I start talking about my own exploits again, um, I, I saw a, um, a, a wonderful client yesterday who brought her two cats in for their yearly vaccination. Um, and you wouldn't believe it, Lewis, but when, last time I saw this lady last year, she just bought, um, it was a one-cat household and then suddenly became a two-cat household and the cats weren't getting along and oh my goodness she has been living on zilkeen for these cats and they are loving it and they are now loving each other not in that mildly pregnant way but just in a cohabitational way so very nice worked wonders for these kitty cats it's done great Wow. So no spreading of the monkey pox, just uh, getting along well, no. I think, mate. No, yeah. no, no, just, 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 just spreading the love pox. Well, which we, is kind of the same we, as the monkey pox, I think. Right. Anyway, so, and also a big thank you to Delicate Care, the uh, Australian made, Australian owned, um, made of uh, novel protein, the, 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 uh, the duck and, uh, and kangaroo. Uh, the sensitive stomach one is absolutely. That's right, and uh, and they also, of course, they're running a. It's a bit of a, a mobility month for them, coming into the colder months. So, so um, you know, they've got a, the great mobility food, which is designed. What's in, what's in the by, mobility food, Lewis? Well, uh, oh, lots of good stuff, mate. But it's formulated yep. by professor of animal nutrition, the prof. Yep. Uh, supports joint health uh, while assisting with gentle weight loss to assist in the management of pain associated with arthritis in dogs. Yeah. So there you go. Mobility month at, um, um, at, at delicate care. So a uh, good time to, to perhaps get down to your stockist near you um, yeah. and go and get some delicate care or check if, them out if, on delicatecare.com.au. Yes. If your dog's a bit stiff and why not try some delicate care joint support? Very nice. Yeah, nice, mate. excellent. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Going to get the other dog mildly pregnant. So we're saying. <laughs> what you're saying? Oh, well, yeah, that. Is that what um what happens with the glucosamine chondroitin and the green lift green lift muscle oh, extract? Is the green seamless. lift muscle that that helps to yeah you know, that that is that sort of um helps to helps you know, provide in, the lub- increase the degree of pregnancy? Is it provide the lubricant? For the joints, do you think, mate? For the joints, absolutely, yes, the yes, joints. yeah, yes. yes, like a yeah, lubricant. Because, yeah, because it makes joints. it makes it easier to do things when your joints are more lubricated, like like running around. And also easier to do things. Thanks very much to our Patreon supporters. I hope you've been enjoying the stream of, of puppy videos that Robbie's been putting up there on the premium <laughs> channel. Is that is that 
is that how's that going, mate? Is that um... uh, yeah, yeah. Tur- turns uh, out, turns out I'm not quite as good at putting things oh. on uh, on social media as what I uh, thought. Um, oh. I, I I I may have gotten in trouble um uh, on the uh, during the week oh. when I was putting a video on Instagram and realised I was doing it as a live one, and I I, I might have been told by other members at the house that uh, it's um you know I'm not allowed to do live videos without telling people consent. And, Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so unfortunately, I I didn't obtain the consent because I may or may not have um, tapped the wrong button um, and didn't realise it was actually going live until then. You know, you you're answering it straight away. Gone. Oh crap! Hang on, this thing's going live. So this this is what happens when forty year old men try and start doing things that that's, that was designed for young people, Lewis. You know, I'm well, not, the, not I'm not up with it. Don't be too worried, mate. The three people that were watching, one was me. And one was one was a friend of mine that said, "What's going on?" And, and then the other one was probably Christina. So there's there's yeah. three three people watching, and I was the only one asking questions. What was the question? I can't remember what the questions were. Is that a Jack oh, some, Russell? Somebody asked it was a Jack Russell. Yeah, <laughs> that Jack Russell. And then uh, I hope you haven't got shoes on inside the house. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I'll forget what the other one was. Anyway, yeah. But no, anyway, good, good, so, so good. I'll, I'll, see, to I'll see if I can try and get these um yeah some videos on and see if I can work out how to post them on Patreon. I want to take her down to the um down to the footy oval and uh and let her run down the footy oval because she's just turning our hallway into a uh into a racetrack. So I want to take her up somewhere where she, mm. where she can actually let the clutch out and have a good run around. So I think that'd Very be good. that'd be pretty cool to see. Very so. good. Excellent. Yeah. righty. So in the news this week, I thought we'd have just have a quick chat. We got a lot of obviously a lot of um. Uh, farmers that listen to the podcast. It's oh quite, yeah, but you know, big, quite, huge, huge yeah. representation. So just, uh, just thought we'd cut cut into the agricultural part of the show. Yes, um, yeah, good. you know, a bit of a ABC uh, national, you know, sort of. Yep. Kind of. Yeah. Kind yeah what, of, what are we? What are we covering here? Are we covering the like the the grain report or the uh, the the milk <laughs> prices or the yeah, the livestock uh, report. Yeah, uh, the uh, the wool, wool. Um, oh, wools. Wool grading, wool grading. Yeah, where, where, where how much reach wool? Uh, the different grades. So, yeah. but we uh, actually there's um, this is from the chief veterinary officer of Victoria. Right. Um, email came through that uh, that there's now foot and mouth disease and lumpy skin disease have been detected in Indonesia. So Ooh, I guess the, yeah, the one we worry about the. I, well, what's more to our minds is foot and mouth disease. For those who remember the outbreak in the UK where um, you know, lots of, unfortunately, uh, cattle and sheep were had to be euthanized because of the, the huge outbreak in, in the UK. Well, now they've got a little bit in um, in Indonesia and there's some concern about it coming, obviously, over to Australia. So um, it typically affects... I think part, part of the issue with it is because it's so infectious, you know, and the closer yes. it gets to Australia, then the the, the more scared we get mm. that because if, if it gets here, it'll it'll decimate our um yeah, our, our agricultural industry. It'll um yeah, we're gonna be in some real strife. Yeah, so I mean it's a viral infection, it affects all domestic and wild cloven hooved animals. So they're like your cattle, sheep, pigs, goats, uh, centaurs. Centaurs, yep, minotaurs, uh, camels, 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 buffalo. Yep. So uh, it doesn't affect infect horses. Uh, the main clinical signs are fever, drooling, and inability to move, reluctance to move. They get blisters on their mouth, tongue, lips, uh, between their toes, um, and uh, the blisters can rupture, be painful. Um, and raw. So um, I think in, in Indonesia, they initially thought they were suffering from bovine eph- ephemeral fever. Right. Um, but they've now found it's, it's obviously foot and mouth disease. So the biggest concern, I guess, 
is it's coming here. Um, and the main way it would probably come here is the feeding of uh, food scraps to pigs, most likely. So okay. swill, swill yeah. feeding, as it's called. Yeah. Um, so, And that's certainly illegal in Australia. So for all the pig farmers out there, I'm sure you're already on top of it. But, um, you know, don't don't be feeding food scraps to your pigs is probably the biggest issue. And then there's yeah. that border thing of, you know, people at the border, border security, don't bring your yes. big... Uh, Salami sausage in from uh, from um, from the streets of Bali, from the streets no, of Bali, no. and and uh, where you've been been uh, walking yeah. around with the, the sweaty sausage for, for for a long time, and then you bring it on the plane back to back to Australia. Don't the, go feeding that the, to the pigs. Very humid. Be very yes. humid to be walking around with your, your with your salami sausage in in Bali. No, um, so so yeah, and, and it, that's the we we are lucky here on this island nation that we've kind of been able to quarantine ourselves from a lot of these exotic diseases. But um, part of the problem then is that once it all, if, if it gets in far out, you know, it's going to be almost impossible to try and uh, to try and get rid of. So, exactly. so that's, that's the reason why, you know, the likes of Johnny Depp and um, Amber Heard, were, you know, uh, weren't allowed to bring their fluffy, fluffy little dogs in, you know, I, 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 that look on your face, you trying to say that it was um, them bringing their dogs in. That's the reason why we've now got Babesia in Australia. Is that, is, is that what you're saying from the raising up of your eyebrows? I'm just wondering where you're going, mate. That's, that's a con contentious topic at the moment. Are we doing, are we doing this? Are we politics? No, 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 no. We're only just Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Whoa. No, we're only just casting back to back when they were a couple and they illegally brought their dogs into the country. That's all. Right. Are you trying to say pistol bit off Johnny's finger? Is that, is that what you're trying to say, mate? Whoa. Hang on a well, second. Possibly, possibly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Find, find, oh. find, find out more on, on Instagram. Exactly. And, of course, then there's lumpy skin disease as well. So that's another disease that's been found in um, in Indonesia. That's spread by uh, flies, mosquitoes, and maybe ticks, and also contaminated equipment. So just uh, just interesting side note that, you know, more foot and mouth disease, I suppose, in Indonesia. Um, and um, and for those people who've got pot belly pigs at home, don't go feeding your sweaty sausage from Indonesia. As, as best pig. as you can, don't. Yes, that's yeah. right. Exactly. As best as you can, don't. Anyway, um, you got something on international petrol, you mate. I similar? do. Yes, I found this uh, is article in the Age the other day. So this is um, uh, by Stephen Brook. It published on the fifteenth of May. The sky's the limit for beloved pets on their charter flight home. In October, if everything falls into place, a 787 Dreamliner charter flight will depart London Heathrow bound for Australia with a very unusual passenger list. On board, in the cabin, sharing airline seats with passengers will be up to 40 pets. Wow. Yeah, the, the charter flight is in response to the difficulties expats have experienced in getting their animals to and from Australia. It's a feat that involves rabies tests, import permits, and booking space at the Department of Agriculture, Water, and Environment's post-entry quarantine facility in Mickleham for the compulsory 10-day quarantine stay. So this is like just what we were saying about, you know, the, the, the rigid uh, policies that Australia has mm. with the importing of, uh, of live animals. Mm. Um, airlines have stopped flying many dogs, including snub-nosed breeds, which are yes. the brachycephalics, the no-nosed yes. dogs, in cargo holds due to fears that they will have difficulty breathing and might die. West Australian resident Joanna Madison has formed a company, Sky Pet Travel, Sky spelt with an E, to organise a charter flight from London to Melbourne on October the 5th and back again from Melbourne to London on October the 9th to transport her own dogs and allow other Australians to bring theirs home. Wow. Last week, 
Last week, the Sunday Age and Sunday and the Sun Herald reported on a couple who spent twenty five thousand dollars importing their two rescue cats from Malaysia to Australia. Wow. The cost of a Melbourne to London ticket aboard Madison's charter is $10,000 for one passenger and one pet. That secures six economy class seats, allowing a pet crate to be secured to one row of seats. Two passengers and one pet would cost uh, $11,500. Pets can come out of the crate once the plane is airborne. Madison. Oh, hang on, hang yeah. on a second. What? This is where things start to get what? interesting. Right? What? Is this like, it's like a free-for-all. Release the hound. Yes. I'm sick of these mother mm, dogs oh. on this mother. Mm, oh, yeah. Wow. So dogs and cats, or we got snakes, we got birds, right. horses. So the health and safety officer who has never organized a charter flight before plans to be on the return flight to Britain with husband Liam to live with their Siberian Huskies and Melamute Cross named Sky. Jazz and Row Sky with an E. So you see, Sky uh, Air, Sky Pet Travel. Yeah, right. So, um, how do you reckon that a that a couple of Siberian Huskies and a Melamute Cross are going to go in a crate uh, on a flight from London to or Melbourne to London, mate? Just to you know, you've seen well, any no, they're allowed out, mate. They're allowed out. So they are allowed yeah, out. Yeah, yes. So the row behind will be you know a row of five cats. Yes. Yep. Um, yep, yep. And and as soon as there, yeah. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've uh, re reached uh, eighteen thousand feet, and we're plateauing out. Uh, destination uh, London. Uh, 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 we should be there in about 20 hours. Uh, if you'd like to know, you, the seatbelt light has been taken off. And also you notice the, the closed crate sign too is now off too. So you may now open your crate and let your pet run wild. Woof, woof. Uh, ten minutes later, uh, is your captain speaking? Uh, we're going to have to make an urgent landing. We've got uh, a few injured animals on the flight. Uh, we need to. We're, we're landing in uh, in Sydney. We haven't quite, <laughs> quite got far to, to but uh, we'll be back back uh, when we're out of cruising altitude. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, wow. Um, so I didn't want to put them through that trauma of the journey in cargo and likely have to stay overnight in foreign in a foreign country. I'm an anxious person in that way when it comes to their welfare, Madison said. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, she's in negotiations with a charter company and expects to sign a contract within weeks for a 787 Dreamliner operated by a member of the Star Alliance. Madison said that she was in contact with the post-entry quarantine facility to arrange the acceptance of a large number of pets, but does not expect final details to be confirmed until two months before the flight. Currently, 65% of the seats have been reserved on each leg, but Madison needs 100% of for the flights to take Ooh, place. Okay. The margins are very small. This is something very close to my heart. There should be more options for pets because they are our family, Madison said. But many in the community are skeptical that Sky Pet Travel can overcome the formidable logistics required. Sky Pet Travel was removed from one Facebook group for violating its no advertisement rule. Oh, um, is that AVN? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> shout out, we know shout we know they're very keen for that. Yeah. Shout out to Clint Yoderman if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Relevant. Uh, 
There are risks as it has not been done before, said Alison Cranwell, who, with her husband, David Waite, want to book the flight to transport Misty, their four-year-old British short hair colour point cat, and Molly, a four-year-old French bulldog and old-time bulldog cross from London to Australia. When we got them, we swore that they were that they were ours for life. It's the commitment and love for our pets that makes us knowingly put our pets through this. We don't want to leave them behind, Cranwell, a contract said administrator. Cranwell has estimated the charter flight would be about the same cost as the couple relocating and flying the pets' cargo. The extra amount is small price to pay for the pet's well-being. She acknowledged the complicated process of obtaining rabies vaccinations, tests and results, and a 180-day waiting period before flying, plus import permits and a booking at the post-entry quarantine facility all the many milestones can fall. All the many milestones can fall over at one at any time. I think she means dominoes, but anyway, if you're going to mix your metaphors, why not? Um, the charter company will organise aircraft logistics and permits, and all uh, import permits and quarantine bookings must be made no later than two months prior to arrival. It has sourced an operator who will allow the pets in the plane's cabin. Hmm. Madison yes. said her company is working with Air Pets UK to ensure compliance with all animal import documentation, including a vet schedule with all vaccination and test requirements, a health certificate and parasite treatment and an airway bill document. So what other flags can you see in this particular scenario, Lewis? I mean, oh, A, yeah. what are, I, think the, I think the flight should be sponsored by Zilkeen. <laughs> yes, very good, mate. Well, perhaps they're looking for a vet to travel on the flight with them, mate. If they, you, uh, you up for a free, free little, just little business class flight? Uh, it's London and back, mate. You, you up for that? Well, I know what it's like working in a vet clinic when you've got uh, dogs barking all day oh. because they're in mm. their in their kennels um, waiting for their procedure. I can only imagine how the two huskies and the Alaskan Malamutes are going to go at thirty five thousand feet for twenty two hours flying from Melbourne to Melbourne to Heathrow. Now, um. I wonder what the toileting situation here is as well. So what I was thinking is where they've got the um, the toilet signs for when people are, uh, when the human toilets are free, maybe they might need to have like a little plant or something like that inside one of them. So the dogs can just go up there and you've just got to wait until the, you know, until the little green light comes up. But we know the dogs are red, green colorblind. So they might have to try and find some different sort of colors. So that way the dogs know when that's their turn that they can go up and, and have a little wee, you know, on well, their trip while they're getting well, out from the, from their cage. Well, I've got a little bit of inside of this. I mean, I do do some export stuff, but no, apparently they're ripping out all the toilets and they're replacing them with fire hydrants. Perfect. Yes. Very good. Yes. Yes. Well, well that'll make a lot of sense. And uh, and just a little a little spot down the back with some uh, just some big litter trays for the cats to be able to get in there and have a little scratch on. Scratch well, scratch in. Have you? I don't know about your cat, but um, certainly Olive. When Olive does a poo in the litter tray, whole house knows about it. Not once she makes a lot of scratching noise. Yeah, it makes a bit of a mess. Yeah. But the smell. I mean, she oh. doesn't do particularly. I wouldn't have thought they're pungent smell uh, poos, but. You can smell around the whole house. So, you know, if you if you're sort of doing one, you know, on the plane, it's it's gonna really cause quite a stench for everyone. But is that the sort of when you look over and then just laugh because everyone's in the same boat and there's the husky backing out one the size of your forearm that's uh that's really <laughs> clear, clearing the air that you know just, just, well, maybe you know. 
maybe the thing is the cats are going to be so worried for the fact that uh, that they see the husky walking up oh. and down the aisle that then it's just going to tighten every sphincter that it's got and just go no no I'm just going to I'm just going to hide here and I'm not going to go to the toilet for the 22 hours so I, I, I get it that people want to want to try and do it and and a novel idea of thinking about booking a charter flight where then you can bind up the the crates to rows of seats but my goodness, I think there might be some uh, other logistical uh, things that need to be dealt with uh, for, for this flight to happen. Yeah, so the, I mean, a little bit of export stuff I do. We had a few pets that actually dogs that are going as uh, emotional support dogs. There are some airlines that will fly out of Australia. I think they're mainly American-based yeah, right. airlines that will fly to America with the dogs in the cabin, certainly right. as emotional support dogs. But there's a lot of, you know, you're going to be able to write letters saying that the dog, you know, the owner will have adequate stuff to clean up messes and, you know, and <laughs> the dog's well toilet trained, which, you know, all we can do is talk to the owners and get their uh, reassurance um, that that's what they're yeah. going to do. And then, of course, we write, write the letter, but we, we don't really know. I don't, I don't know if the dog's... You know, gets nervous on a trip and does diarrhea everywhere. I mean, that's that's not going to work, work out well. Because if you got on a God. plane, if you got Could on a plane, it was a, a row of a row of I don't know, row of you know four four seats across or whatever, and you and your family with two, you know, you and two kids or something. And then the third one's a, a lady with a dog that's like as soon as you go near it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay fright or yapping all the time. Yep, 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 yep. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah. but we, we've got we've got friends whose kids are, are absolutely um, yeah, pathologically scared of dogs. Imagine that. Imagine wow. walking into um, into a flight like so. I mean, mm. I mean, not this one. I mean, they're not going to be flying on the no. Uh, they're, no. They're, well, they're, they they're, could they're, go they're, in a cage. Madison's charter flight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I wonder if if it's any of the animals' birthdays, whether or not they'll let them go up and sit in the in the cockpit with the with the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Yeah, definitely. yeah, that goes. I wonder anyway. how the meals come around. How do they sort of, you know? Uh, so we've got, uh, we've got uh, pal. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be top delicate shelf care. Maybe well, I don't think they could afford. Care. I don't think they could afford the delicate care. You know, it's a premium food. You, you, you're flying. They're, they're struggling to make cost meat. Surely it's um. Yet we've got this tin of pal, or we've got uh, I don't know what someone else we can throw. Pal, great food, pal. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least, at least, at least, you know that the animals aren't necessarily going to complain about the airline food because it's probably going to be the same as, mm. yeah, same as same as what they're eating most of the time anyway. Yeah, chump, chumpy, <laughs> chumpy, you can carve it. Spam, uh, spam, salty, that, beautiful spam. Maybe. Anyway, so that's so that's my article, mate. What have you got? Any other? Um, any well, other maybe articles maybe go to the disclaimer and then I'll talk about this Sounds one I've got. Sounds great. Um, all advice on the show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinarians and continue evading and changing. Please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Very what have nice, you got? mate. This is, a, this is an article got from abc.net.au, which is an interesting topic. You get quite a bit at the, at the vet clinic. Yeah. Why does my cat wake me up so early and what can I do about it? So, <laughs> let it very- sleep in the laundry. Well, very common issue that we get. Yeah, but then it scratches and it yowls in the laundry, Robbie, and wakes me up. And and we we, we earplugs up all night. Yeah, I, I can't sleep with earplugs in. And then I oh. put the earplugs on the bedside table, and the cat ate them, and it got an obstruction in its gut. So <laughs> <laughs> you've got an important meeting in the morning, and your cat wakes you at four a.m. Why? And what can you do to stop this happening again? Although cats are evolved for nighttime activity well that's right they do more active at dawn and dusk generally Hmm. during domestication they have adapted to human lifestyles 
Domestic cats tend to be most active early in the morning and at dusk. Oh, what did I say? Not in the middle of the night. They also change their activity cycles to fit in with their human housemates. This means if you sleep at night, your cat should also be resting. And a lot of people do sleep with their cat. In a survey of women in the US, sexist, around 30% slept with at least one cat. I'm not sure why it's women. Why can't men? Anyway. So why do some cats want to play in the wee hours? The reason why your cat is waking you up will often help you understand how to stop them. Here are three reasons your cat right. might be waking you up and how to address the issue. Count them. All righty, mate. We love yep. a bit of a guessing game, don't we? Yes. All right. What, what, number well, one. Give me, give me I'll, no. give you, I'll give you five, five, uh, one guess. All right. Um, they've woken up. Uh, well, that's obvious, but why? Why are they waking up? <laughs> Why, Why are they, they working up? up? So they need to go to the toilet. Uh, eh, no, not really. First one they've got is they're hungry. Hungry, right? Hungry. Okay. Would have thought you'd get that one. They're hungry. If they yeah. go to the toilet. Well, they usually, just go to the toilet. usually they I go to the toilet, then I get hungry when I wake up in the middle of the night. So, right. so I was just, well, I was just trying that, to extrapolate from myself. It's not all about you, mate. Just we'll try. And, oh, we, we talked about. I mean, your it's not run. all about me. We talked about your little run. Now we're moving on to to, to, animal, <laughs> to cats. They're hungry. This is among the most common reasons. Unfortunately, one of the first things a sleepy person will do is feed their feed cat. Their cat. Yes. This rewards the behavior and makes the cat more likely to repeat it. Exactly. And we see this all the time. I get this all the time at the clinic. To yep. start addressing this problem, make sure your cat is getting enough to eat throughout the day. All right. Yeah, yep. Okay. You can feed them a meal or a satisfying snack right before you go to bed. Yes. Very good. Yep. There's yeah, some we do thought, that with our cats. Some thought that... Uh, that a snack with a little bit of tryptophan in it can help too, or even a bit of zilkeen in it, but a bit, a bit of, of zilkeen. Yeah. So maybe a bit of turkey might help, maybe help them sleep, and also or something like cheese. Or oh, turkey sometimes... is turkey high in tryptophan, is it? Yes, yes, it is. Right. Yes, I had no idea. After Christmas dinner, mate, we just want to have a kip. Yeah, right. Because uh, it's all the and, tryptophan. Thanksgiving sure for our is. American for Thanksgiving for our American friends. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, if you usually feed your cat in the morning, you need to make sure the cat is not associating wake-up time with breakfast time. Ah. Leave, leave a gap between when you get out of bed and when you feed kitty breakfast. Aim for at least half an hour. You can also train your cat to associate something else with getting fed, such as saying, breakfast time. All so, right. That's all good, but I think a lot of owners still have trouble with that. The cat's meowing yeah. in the middle of the night, telling them to put the earplugs in and ignore it. What I often say to owners, I find this helps really well, is actually getting a timed feeder. Yes. So yeah. all feeding is removed from the uh, from the owner, except maybe yeah. maybe one during the day or something like that. Um, so there's no longer that meow at owner, get food, meow at owner, get food. It's now meow at owner, don't get anything. But, oh, yeah. pop, 5 a.m., pop, open the Ding. feeder. Ding, tingle, 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 run, tingle. Run downstairs, yeah, run down. Ding, 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 ding. Or they stand by the feeder waiting for it to open because they know the <laughs> Staring routine. Staring at it all night. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Second one, they don't have a routine. Right. Cats love predictability. Keeping a regular routine has, has even been associated with reduced stress levels in cats. To maintain a routine, keep meal times, play times, any grooming close to the same time each day. Empty litter at regular predictable intervals. Dirty or disturbed litter may also be a reason your cat is waking up. Try not to move your litter trays, bowls, or scratch posts around unless needed. If something changes in the environment, you go on a holiday, 
move furniture or have a new house guest or pet, your cat may return to early morning wake-up calls. This is typical for cats. Keep the routine as consistent as you can. Eventually, a cat will settle into the new normal. Number three, they're not using up their energy throughout the day. It's common knowledge cats love to sleep. They also love to play and move their bodies just like us. It's important to give your cat access to a variety of toys and resources around the house to interact with, especially if you're not home often. Scratch posts offer a cat's place to climb and stretch. Balls, soft and motorized toys give them an opportunity to play and exercise. I really like toys on the end of strings. I'm a big fan of that sort yep. of thing. Um, like the bird. DA Bird, really good toy. Go and check it out. Right. Not, not cool. a sponsor, but a great toy. Um, when you're home, engage your cat with an interactive toy like a cat wand. Oh, gosh. Or play a game of chase around the house. You can even try making up a game your cat will enjoy. Cats get bored easily, so keep variety in your playtime. So that's right. Yeah. If they seem to stop playing, switch the toy, try something else really, really common that they get bored quickly. And don't play with your cat in the hour before you want to go to bed. Ideally, a play session before you go out. And once you get home, should help to keep your kitty quiet overnight. Help! I've made these changes and my cat still woke me up. Your cat might still wake you up for some time. This behavior may even get worse in the short term as your cat adjusts. Certainly, that's the case with the, the time feeder or not feeding them at night. They certainly will meow more initially and perhaps even scratch at you, jump on you, bite at you. Yeah. All these things you've got to try and ignore. The key is to ignore your cat's behavior at night or early in the morning. Don't get up... And if you can, don't interact with your cat when they wake you. If you tried everything and your cat still wakes you, it's time to go to see your veterinarian. There may be a health reason causing the behavior. So health reasons could be illness, uh, high blood pressure, cognitive decline if you're an older cat, or yep. perhaps you've actually got an anxious cat. So you shut that bathroom, that uh, laundry door, and the cat's just meowing and it's you know, got really bad separation anxiety. So... So, yeah, there's an interesting little article. Hopefully you and your yeah. cat can come to an agreement about when it's sleep time, when it's waked up time. It's definitely possible to love your cat and still get your sleep. Yes. So, yeah, interesting little article there. Little, I, little, yeah. I think one of the um, one of the common times where we have people asking about their um, their cat waking up in the middle of the nights when they are, um, as you're saying, that cognitive decline as they're getting mm. older and they do that real... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that real guttural mm. meow in the middle of the night. Mm. So, yeah. It must be uh, hard to live with, I think. It'd be really people come to their wits end with that sort of thing. It's very, very difficult. So, and often when yeah. they come to us, we need to give them a solution quickly because, you know, it's really destroying the human-animal bond between them. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's, um, we might, uh, we might actually, that might be a good thing that we can talk about one day of actually what we, you know, what advice we give for, um, for those cats in those situations, because it is often a, 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 a tough one of trying to work out what, what's going to work and what are the good options and what sort of mm. try and try and do to help. So, um, yeah. So we might- uh, let's um let let's talk about that next time. There we go. Yeah, we've got yeah no yeah. Well, send it, send in an email if you got a question. Yes, um, absolutely. You've got an older cat that's waking up at night and you want to know what to do. Well, we we'll talk about it. Robbie will talk about it next time because we'll, yeah, we'll remember that yeah, won't yeah. we? Right Definitely over remember it. that. Definitely, yeah, I'll make a note sure, of that for sure. Oh, um, cats. And, and if you've got any other questions or anything like that that you'd like to uh, like to answer, uh, like to ask us, uh, shoot us an email at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Patreon. Um, search for Two Vets Talk Pets. 
you know, um, have a look at the at the whippet pictures that I'm putting on social media when I'm asking the correct permission from a family, um, and I'll see whether I can actually get them onto uh, onto Patreon as well, and uh, yeah, see how that goes. Very nice, mate. All righty, excellent, guys. Well, uh, uh, I'm off the AVA conference this week, so oh, you are too. Yes. yes. So maybe I'll um, should I t- do some interviews? I'll see if I can do some interviews. Save us some time. So there um, you go. If, yeah. if you if if you get the uh, get the urge. Go for I'll, it. Go I'll take the kid up and see how we go. All right, nice one. All right, guys. Scratch you later. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.